This podcast is intended as entertainment for grown-ups and to spread awareness of 826LA, a nonprofit writing and tutoring center for children ages 6 to 18. For a full schedule of 826LA's events and programs, including the Echo Park Time Travel Mart, visit 826LA.org. And now, here's the host of the Dead Authors Podcast, Mr. H.G. Wells. A spooky All Hallows' Eve to you, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, H.G. Wells, your host for this and in fact, every chapter of the Dead Authors Podcast. If you're a regular listener to our program, you're no doubt aware of that. But if this is your first time listening, well, where on earth have you been? What's the matter? Time travel not intriguing enough for you? Or maybe you just hate books. Well, whichever the case, you're here now, and thus I bid you welcome. In all sincerity, though, first-timers would do well to go back to Chapter 1 and listen to the entire series in its proper order. Because if you can spot the hidden code word in each episode and rearrange them to form a commonly used phrase or expression, you'll automatically be entered to win a chance to... Pardon? What's that? Uh, ah, I'm being told that we scrapped that idea due to it being a massive waste of time and also dumb. For what it's worth, the phrase was going to be, if wishes were horses, then beggars would ride. You should still go back and listen to previous chapters, though, and consider me dreadfully sorry if all you get out of it are hours of free entertainment. All done? Good. Welcome back, former new listener. So, yes, I wrote the time machine, and yes, I have a time machine. You're probably wondering whether any of my other books are based on my own first-hand experiences. And if you're not wondering that, why in heaven's name not? That's a bally interesting thing to wonder if you ask me. Anyway, yes, as it happens, The Invisible Man is completely true as well. It was an October night, much like this one. I began to hear creaks and cracks all around the house, but upon investigation, I could find no trace of anyone. At least... No trace of anyone visible. I was completely mystified as to the source of these strange noises. But then I saw a suit of clothes walking around without a body in it, and Bob's your uncle, out I came with another sci-fi classic. Though I may be the undisputed father of science fiction, I am surely not the only author to send a chill down the spine of his readers. Or, as the case may be, her readers. Which brings me to Mary Shelley, author of Frankenstein, and our guest for Chapter 12 of the Dead Authors Podcast. I know I needn't trick you, dear listener, for you will surely find this installment to be quite a treat. Which installment, you ask? Why, that's a good question. Perhaps you should ask your mummy. Or you could... Vampire! Righto, this bit has gone well off the rails. Let's put it behind us and enjoy my discussion with Mrs. Shelley. Werewolf! <laughs> I, I thought I heard wolves. No, 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 that's... <laughs> No, no, Mrs. Shelley, please what was that? do not be alarmed. That's that's a that's a a, a, a modern affectation of uh, people uh, who are very enthusiastic to see you, oh. and they sort of make these uh, these ghostly sounds. <laughs> it's meant to be favourable. Charming, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Surely not the first time you've heard some howling on the moors. Oh no, indeed, but I know I'm not there now. <laughs> that's, that's true. You still got your wits about you, mm. despite the despite the time travel. Um, Mr. Shelley, I wonder if you might favor us with uh, with a brief reading from one of your works. Would that be would that certainly? Be right? Now I know uh, from what you've told me that Frankenstein, my first well novella, because I was writing since the age of twelve, but um, <laughs> right here I shall read from Frankenstein because oh, you will read from I Frankenstein. I shall read from. Oh, it. I wasn't sure what you're going to bring. And I heard what you said. I did hear what you said about the confusion between the monster and its creator, and I have to say, you're right. I was only 19 when I wrote it, and when I look back on it now, it's a thorough embarrassment. (laughs) There's still fair play to you, writing a novella that changed the world at 19. That's not bad. Oh, thank you. So let me see. Um, Well, this is uh, Frankenstein, the doctor, how he he, uh, regarded school. The world was to him a secret which he desired to divine. Curiosity, earnest research to learn the hidden laws of nature. 
gladness akin to rapture as they were unfolded to him are amongst the earliest sensations he can remember. It was the secrets of heaven and earth that he desired to learn. Well, her, there you go. From the author herself. Yes. Thank you. Um, now, let's just start with some basic questions, writer to writer. I always like to ask these, uh, these questions. What what authors have influenced you? What, what, where did you take? And it doesn't have to be a person. What, what, where did you draw your inspiration? I, I, obviously, the story of, of, of the creation of Frankenstein is uh, is somewhat well known. It was you and some of your your, your free spirited uh, gothic pals all hanging oh, out together. Oh, busted! <laughs> uh, well, it's unavoidable. You know, my mother was a big influence on me. She was very emancipated uh, as far as women go That's in that correct. day. Yeah. Uh, in fact, her writings, which were assembled by my father 11 days after her death when I was born, uh, pretty much were a manifesto of what they call uh, feminism. Yes, yes. Yes. And so, you know, my mother was very, uh, as, as you know, progressive, and there were no limits to the kinds of things that we could write about or think or do. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you went into the dictionary, you would see her name next to the definition of prostitute. <laughs> is that, is that so yes. <laughs> yes, because she was uh, free-thinking. Well, mm. well... Apparently not everything was free. Uh, no. <laughs> now your mother, just going on tone of voice, uh, when you mentioned that your mother died when, when you were born, it seemed like you were taking it a bit personally. Well, you can't help but feel a bit rejected. <laughs> I think my mother felt so tied down, you know, propriety dictated that she had to marry my father and neither of them believed in marriage. And so they did it in order to give me a name and not let me be a bastard. <laughs> but I think she was bored. I think that's why she died. <laughs> She's bored with life in general? Or bored yes, with we're bored with marriage. <laughs> yes. Well, that is one way out. Mm-hmm. You, would th- <laughs> you would think a, a, a progressive thinker. Why, why not just get divorced or even an annulment? Oh, no such thing in those days. Too conventional. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Too predictable. <laughs> To heck with that. <laughs> and uh, what have you been, have you been enjoying your time here in the, in the present, in the 21st century? We've well, been here very briefly. Well, it is just amazing. It's fantastic. Now, I haven't been here long, but did you know uh, when you told me that there were motion paintings made of this story, right. I was just I flabbergasted. Don't, I don't know if that's the term that I used, but, <laughs> but it, it'll do. <laughs> motion paintings, absolutely. Well, I found this, I was directed to this box and uh, in front of the box were a, an assemblage of buttons with letters of the alphabet on them, and I could compose words with them, and then the box, it, within it would appear a painting. <laughs> and then up in the corner would say something like, Google, I have no idea what that is. Yes, I think you're talking about a computer. A what? A computer. All right. Yes, was it, was it, was it, was it of a size that could fit on the top of your lap? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, I think... I think oh, that's exactly boy. what we're talking about, yes. yes. Oh, it was marvellous. <laughs> it's I, a wonderful thing. I, I investigated so many things, and anything I wished to investigate, I would enter the word, and another painting about it would come up. It was marvellous. Now, now there have been uh, many filmed adaptations of your work, since you bring it up, of, of Frankenstein. Have you had a chance to, uh, to look at any of those? That is what I assembled, and it was... Uh, well, may I say, Mrs. Shelley, you're the first guest to bring notes onto the stage. <laughs> And God bless you. Oh, thank you, dear. Thank you. Well, I, I have to admit I was a bit curious because, you know, Certainly. the stone and the water and the ripple and, and such. <laughs> and so on and so forth. And so on Butterfly and effect. so forth. And now, um, the first thing that intrigued me, uh, I think the seventh... Um, oh, I'm sorry. The title of this article that you've printed out is 42 Frankenstein Movies to See Before You Die. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> However, did they whittle it down well. to an even 42? When you hear some of these titles, you'll be baffled. I'm, sh- I'm baffled already. <laughs> Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, indeed. Who are they? 
Why? Abbott and Costello were a, a sort of a, they were a, a sort of they were a, they were an American comedy duo. Um, it was a tall fellow and a, and a little fellow, and uh, the one fellow was always getting yelled at. Uh, and the other fellow um, was always doing the yelling. Well, um, the end. Well, what, what possible context could that be? Could that have with my story, the modern Prometheus? Well, <laughs> well I suppose if the little fellow was being yelled at constantly, like Prometheus, who was having his liver torn out every day by a bird... You could equate a similarity. Yes, and, and, and your 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 uh, your creature in in the, in the novella Frankenstein, um, he got yelled at quite a bit. He was always being oh bossed yes. around. He, he well, he was rejected yes. summarily, constantly. He kept begging his creator to make a girlfriend for him, but you know his creator Frankenstein, uh, aside from his many many uh, depressions that he underwent, and then would have to recover for months at a time. Oh, I wish I could rewrite this book. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Anyway, um, constantly rebe- rejecting the monster and was afraid of the monster because the monster was so angry with him, he started killing everybody who meant anything to him. And to be fair, yes. he's a monster. Yes. <laughs> yes, just by, by nature, just sort of terrifying. Well, no, he had a soul. That's what's so fascinating. In none of the movies do they have the creature speaking. Oh, I believe uh, there was one, the most recent one that I could think of was uh, the, uh, there was one with uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, let me see. Excuse me, let me. Yes, please. uh, Yes, number 40. (laughs) Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, yes, how about that? Yes. Name of the title and everything. Oh, it's like being immortal. Have you, have you had a chance to see uh, The Bride? I don't know if that's on the list. It uh, is on here. And um, as I said, you know, I'm only recently here. So I'm utterly fascinated simply by the titles. Yes. Uh, the, the Bride uh, uh, focuses on uh, uh, the creation of The Bride of Frankenstein. It was, uh, she was played by the, uh, the star of Flashdance. And then um, uh, to play, uh, to play uh, Victor Frankenstein, they decided... You know what? A lot of these Frankenstein movies, they have actors in them. Let's go a different way. And so they got uh, uh, the musician Sting to play the role of Frankenstein. Oh, really? I don't remember who... uh, I I, I tell a lie. I do remember who played the monster. I believe it was uh, uh, an actor by the name of Tom Noonan who specializes in playing weirdos. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm sorry to find out that I know quite a lot about the movie The Bride. (laughs) I'm as shocked and disappointed as anyone here. Uh, (laughs) Tom Noonan, I must remember that. Please don't. Please don't. And please teach me how to unremember it. You have to buy water now. (laughs) Yes, that's true. That's that's, that's a turn up for the books, isn't it? (laughs) At least you don't have to dig it out of the ground yourself, though. Isn't that nice? Oh, well, pump it out of a well. Yes, exactly. We've gone gone all the way to the ultimate convenience. Yes, what I have noticed is things are very rapid, marvellous. Things move very quickly, don't they? Yes, they've they've done like a metallic amalgam of a horse and a cart, and I saw a lot of them around. They just propel themselves independently of any kind of visible uh, force or thrust. I I believe you might be talking about automobiles. Oh, really? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, They're sort of mobile by themselves, hence the auto. Oh, shut up. I I would never lie to you, madam. Oh, well. I think you're having me on because you're a younger man, and it's so funny to make fun of the old fool. Well, now, (laughs) where we are in our respective timelines, I think I might be older than you right now. Oh, you're so confusing. I mean, the time-space continuum? It's just the worst. Oh, it is. Oh, I wish there was something else other than the time-space continuum (laughs) in order to travel through time, but there's just no way around it, I'm afraid. And And doesn't it make you hungry? I'm starving to death. Have you had a chance to eat? Oh, I had some bangers and mash before I came here. Very clever. Thank you. Very smart. I should always carry around some crackers or something. Um... How do you feel about the influence your work has had on uh, on future generations? Because obviously, uh, uh, the the the, uh, the horror genre uh, is going great guns uh, still to this day. People really enjoy being uh, frightened. I 
naturally I'm thrilled to have any kind of uh, impact on the future. Uh, it's just baffling to me how the, the story's been augmented so much. Oh, uh, uh, please, uh, elaborate on that. In, w in what way? Well, as I said, you know, the, the monster was very articulate and poetic and soulful and sorrowful, and now he's just a grunting beast with these pegs in his neck. <laughs> That's true. I think that was, that was to channel the electricity, I believe. In the, the what? In the, the electricity. That's uh, how he was brought to life in the, in the films. Uh, was that not in your, in your novella? Was it? Uh, a, a well, I was very vague about that because I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so it's just sort of, and then I woke up and look who's here! Busted! What? <laughs> Monster, how did you get here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, in, in your, that, that fateful night when, uh, when you, were all, you were all sitting around telling ghost stories, it was, it was you and your husband. Yes, uh, we were uh, on Percy, uh, Shelley. Percy Shelley. We were on vacation in Switzerland, and Lord Byron had to tag along. Oh! <laughs> What a troublemaker he is. Truly. We've had him, we've had him on this stage. And you he's, have. Oh, he's the absolute worst. He is. Yes. He's yes. just, he's really stirs it up. He loves to stir it up. But, you know, he tried to secret Percy away from me constantly. I think that was part of my inspiration, was feeling so ostracized and shunned by the two of them. You felt like a monster yourself. Indeed. <laughs> did Indeed. You, did you feel that you had pegs in your neck? Uh, practically. <laughs> You might as well have. I might as well have. Now, he was trying to, uh, Lord Byron was trying to secret away uh, Percy because uh, you were all very libertine in those days, weren't you? Uh, you were very, very forward-thinking, let's say. Oh, yes. Well, you know, that was my mother and father's legacy. It was a complete bore. I did not like having sex with women. I can tell you that right now, but it was expected of me. Well, uh, it's, uh, your, your husband, uh, he very much wanted to have an open marriage, which you agreed to, but you didn't really pursue it that much. Well, I was just what you call, I guess, um, I've learned this word, a poser. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would go off into a room with a woman and kind of wink, you know, as if something <laughs> unsavory was going to happen, or free thinking. You, you choose. And um, we never really did anything. We usually just, just read. Just the winking and reading. <laughs> just, just, a, just, a few, just a few winks and then let's, yes. let's crack the books. Oh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Maybe a foot massage. That was the extent. That was the extent. And, of course, you know, Percy and Lord Byron were always wanting to nude wrestle in front of the fire. Every time I said, Percy, let's go for a walk. No, got to nude wrestle. <laughs> Tiresome. Who typically won these uh, nude wrestling matches? It was hard to say. Every <laughs> once in a while I'd walk in on them and it was hard to know. I, they were just so fused together. <laughs> just writhing around there? Yes. yes. <laughs> oiled up, not oiled up? They were. They were How did you know that? Well, it's, uh, look, we've all been to public school. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> Mm. Now, this is, this is uh, perhaps somewhat of an irritating question. As, as a writer of fantastical things myself, I, I, I always dread being asked this question, but I do have to ask because of, because of the nature of, uh, of, of the, the, the circle in which you ran back then. Mm -hmm. Were there any substances being ingested when you were all telling your ghost stories back then? Well, um, there was... Uh, people like to um, flirt with death constantly. Oh, indeed. Why wouldn't uh, they? And, you know, suicide was, oh, de rigueur. It was <laughs> a big fashion <laughs> yeah, in those days. Yeah, quite, quite a resurgence in those days. Oh, Simply yeah. everyone was killing themselves. Yes, it was just... And I did not want to be a follower, so I, I avoided that. <laughs> but um, So every once in a while, we would just experiment with hemlock. Really? You just oh, just have a little grain more. Oh, well, <laughs> I can do a little grain more. Well. Just straight up taking some poison. Yes. And just, <laughs> just testing the to limits. To see who can, who can stand up at right. the end of the night. Right. Taking, <laughs> taking it right up to the line. Oops, that grain a little too close to Yes, a gra that's where the expression a grain too far that's came from. We all know this expression, a grain too far. Yes. Where you would find yourself saying, oop, I feel a touch dead. <laughs> I'd better remember this for next time. Yes, a skosh yes. did, yes. <laughs> so now when you presented your friends with, uh, with this story, which I believe uh, it came to you in a dream, did it not? Part of it did, yes. Um, and it was so vivid, I tell you. And I hate to admit this, it's a little embarrassing, but I found the monster so 
exciting. Now, the way you're saying that, it leads me to believe... Oh, you're right. You mean it in a certain way. He was. You were attracted to this, to this I was uh, attracted. You well, you know, all British men are just so pale and limp-wristed, and I just found that so tiresome. And no offence. No, none taken, <laughs> but some inferred. Yes. Especially in those days. The, oh, absolutely. You know, they were just so dickless. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fair cop. Uh, everyone walking around, uh, uh, tucking and untucking handkerchiefs from their sleeves. Precisely. They painted on beauty moles and Precisely. so forth. Precisely. Yes. Exactly. Simply everyone just out of their minds on snuff. Yes, exactly. I just wanted a beast. Right. That's what I wanted. <laughs> A snarling, overpowering beast. Oh, yes. Nothing. Now, uh, <laughs> now I wonder why you. you th this, this fellow that you imagine, he was created from, uh, from corpses, from, uh, from uh, reanimated dead flesh. Um, uh, why couldn't he have been from. I don't know, like Narnia or someplace. Why did he have to be a, a I former beg your dead pardon, person? Narnia. Well, it's, it's a long story. Well, you know, Five books worth. He was just... Uh, this, he was the ideal, you understand. Mm. That was the creative aspect of it, is just taking all the best qualities of individuals to compose the ideal. Oh, now, this is a thing that ladies like to do, isn't it? It's like, yes. if, only, if only this fellow had his face and his wit and that fellow's Exactly, charm. a remaking, so to speak. Indeed, and if only all of them were dead. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that part of it? Oh, busted. <laughs> it's, it's three busteds. This is a career high for me. <laughs> so now, um, if we can get into your, into your personal life just a, just a bit... Um, nothing, nothing too personal, whatever you're comfortable with. But uh, you have had quite an interesting life. Um, Indeed, yes. Uh, you know, so you, your parents were, were interesting people, and, and you met um, you met your husband uh, Percy Shelley uh, through uh, your father, because uh, Percy was a backer of your father's uh, political ambitions. Um, now, your father was not. Uh, Shall we say not not great with money? No, uh, you know this whole setup was rather humiliating. I have to admit, I often felt like a benevolent parasite. <laughs> it it was uh, you know Lord well if you've got to be a parasite yes. <laughs> Um, we had lots of people who were so attracted to the legacy and the, the lore, and they wanted to be near it. They wanted somehow to have it rub off on them. And therefore, you know, they were only too happy to provide us with rent money and food and wine and, well, you know, sometimes a little extra. Now, at, at the risk of being indelicate, would you mind elaborating on that something extra? A foot massage. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> Sometimes it's just that simple. Yes. It needn't be as lascivious as A everyone. reading. Yes. No. <laughs> now, who, back then, this foot massage, was this a, a common practice? Was this a, 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 a common exchange for goods or services? No, it was very clandestine. Oh, is that so? Well, it yes. wouldn't be out in the open, but... It was shameful. It was considered very, very shameful. Oh, so, yes. If a family was driven to have to give foot massage, or was it that you would have to receive these foot massages? No, no, give them. You'd have to give yes, them. Yes, uh, but, you know, first of all, we never revealed any parts of our bodies. Oh, no, of course. So to just reveal a foot. That's right. Good God. Unthinkable. Yes, exactly. Now, may I ask, at the, at the risk of uh, forcing you to be boastful, uh, how would you rate your foot massage technique? <laughs> well, if you, you really want me to tell you how I feel, I, I think I was one of the best. <laughs> I do. I, I did get some good training from um, my nanny. Oh, is that so? Yes. She was an interesting woman. Mm. Would, she, would she rub your little feet when you were a girl? She did, and she would tell me stories about her charges when, that she had before me and how sometimes when she couldn't get her infant uh, charges to go to bed, she would fillet them. <laughs> well. The boys. The boys. <laughs> Important distinction to make. 
I, this is common practice, but I had no idea. <laughs> common practice? Yes, to with, get boys this, to sleep, baby with, boys to with, sleep. With this particular nanny or with just nannies across the board? Well, she led me to believe that it was quite common. It was like, um, you know, oh, can you give me that recipe for an... Oh, how do you get so-and-so? How do you get Barton to sleep? Oh, I just filleted him. No, really? Well, I'm going to do that too. And the next thing you know, it's Doriga. Now, <laughs> how old... How old was this nanny, if you don't mind my asking? Oh, she was 22. <laughs> well, which in those days, you might as well have been... Uh, A toothless hag, yes. yes. <laughs> so, so close to death, deciding to go out with a bang. I'm going to flate all these babies. Yes. Welcome back. You're just in time. We're just getting around to the bit where we flate babies. Uh, now, your father... Um, your father was sort of promised money to pay his debts by Percy. Yes. Who was waiting to come into his inheritance at yes. the time. Yes, yes. Um, but then eventually your father and Percy had a falling out when, when Percy uh, revealed, well, it doesn't seem I'm actually going to help you pay your debts at all. Um, this must have been very difficult, torn between your, your, your father who had raised you and, and the man you loved. Was that, was that a difficult time for you? It was. It was rather embarrassing. I mean, allegiances and all that. I was absolutely devoted to my father. And Percy, well, rather a marriage of convenience. He was very handsome, mm -hmm. so it wasn't a burden, but uh, <laughs> I did feel a terrific allegiance to my father, so it was very awkward. So uh, did it ever come to a situation where um, your father offered to give Percy a foot massage? <laughs> Have you read that anywhere? Well... <laughs> I'll just say this, Mrs. Shelley. This is a safe place. You're far in the future. Uh, now you can say whatever you like to anyone, and it doesn't I matter. I know. I have noticed that. It's marvelous. <laughs> so much freedom. Yes, that's just how it is these days anyway. People just say whatever they feel like saying all the time. So women have control over their bodies? Well... They can make any decision they want. They can have sex, and oops, you know, maybe if they have just... Uh, an unwanted pregnancy. They can do anything they want, right? Well, now we get into a bit of a sticky wicket. Um, it <laughs> seems that um, seems that here in 21st century America, uh, they're sort of uh, they're looking. Some people are looking to turn back the clock, and maybe not so many rights for women anymore. No, I hate that. Yes, it's not the. It's not I ideal. I hate that. Not ideal. Um, I don't. I don't recommend it. Uh, we'll we'll see how things shape up in the fall for this country, but. Uh, uh, of course, I know because uh, I've seen the future, but no spoilers. Um, now you 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 were you were a young girl when you met Percy. You were uh, you were seventeen years old. And you, yes, and, and he was married. Yes, that's right. Now this this was terribly difficult, and it must have been uh, very frustrating. It was. I, I I have to admit that I was infatuated with uh, with him. He was an older man, and he paid so much attention to me. He flattered me all the time, and. You know, he introduced the hemlock game to me, I have to say. <laughs> and that was suspect. so daring. <laughs> it was so exciting. Um, and, you know, my father was very angry when he found out that we were secretly lovers. Yes. Um, so he, but, you know, Percy was not free. So um, it was, it, it was a very difficult time, yes. Now, eventually, when you, when you started your relationship, uh, his wife was pregnant and gave birth to, uh, to a son, and you had to deal with him being uh, excited at this uh, birth. I mean, that must have been, uh, that must have been horribly um, difficult I to I was a bit with. jealous. I kept saying, if you really love me, you'll name the boy after me. <laughs> really? Yes. A little baby boy named Mary. Yes. It's got a certain ring to it. Yes, it does. And of course, back then, everyone was effeminate. So exactly. who would have known the difference? They're English. They're yes. English. Exactly. The men are English. We're, we're barely men now. Really? Yes. Oh, well, I, I must say that I, I did see a motion painting while I was here. <laughs> and um, James Bond. Yes. Oh, what a dashing figure. Uh, he's, he's quite handsome, from what I understand. He yeah. is. Now, if they were to make a current production of Frankenstein, I could see him in that role. R of course, uh, I would have to supervise. Would you? Well, you'd be on set every day? Oh, yes. <laughs> on what? Uh, so, well, 
It's perhaps too big a concept to go into, but uh, it's the, this is sort of uh, I'm the theatre. No, that's quite I don't right. need to be tiresome. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I really don't. Perish the thought. You're far from tiresome. Uh, did you did you see any of these James Bond movies? I did. Now, you, uh, did you see uh, the various uh, actors playing James Bond? I did, and there was one who was just... Oh, he was an Australian fellow. Not memorable at all. I can see why they got rid of him quickly. So it was uh, George Lazenby. Yes. Yes, he only did the one. That was he. I saw him as I was traveling through uh, the time-space continuum. I guess that is where that movie has been um, thrust. That's right. <laughs> it's the best place to see it. Yes. If it's not playing at the annoyingly playing at the New Beverly Theatre. <laughs> yeah. Double feature with some other movie no one ever wants to see again? Yes. Caltiki. That's right. <laughs> That's probably the one. <laughs> so, uh, wh- uh, what did you think? I, I believe there have been a, a few stage adaptations of Frankenstein, and that's something that maybe you're more familiar with. That, um, yes. How did you feel about that? I mean, first of all, to take to take an author's work and, and, and put it into another medium is always a, 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 a tricky proposition. Um, but is this something you're in favor of? Is it something you're against? Well, you know, I- again, it is so flattering that someone would even want to extrapolate from what I wrote. And I do think that there have been tremendous improvements with my story. Oh, is that so? What, what are the th- some of the things you think uh, people have improved upon? Oh, well, uh, making him exceedingly strong. Well, he was strong, but he was very, very strong in some of those movies, uh, oh. motion pictures. Almost a superhero. Yes. Yes, yes I love your superhero movies. Oh, do you I really? adore them. <laughs> what are some of your favorites? Oh, um, let me see. Um, the Green Hornet. <laughs> certainly, certainly. And oh, there was one where a man <laughs> appeared completely blue and naked throughout the whole one. <laughs> that was wonderful. I, I believe that was Watchmen. Yes, yes that's yes, it. Yes. That's it. That was just ripping. Oh. And may I say, the actor who played that role uh, famously left his pregnant wife for another woman much like your Percy did. No wonder. In real life, there you go. No You've wonder. got a type. I You've do. got a type. It's, a <laughs> it's all connected. It it's a pattern. It truly is. It truly is. Oh, well, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Fellow, <laughs> just <laughs> couldn't, couldn't sit still a moment longer. Um, uh, now, uh, the... Uh, Th- that night, uh, when when you we were all uh, telling you ghost stories, do you feel that you won that night? I mean, you you, you had some stiff competition there, but obviously, I, do. I, I don't think anyone here remembers any of the other stories no, from that night. I did, and I was proud of both of them for acknowledging my success. Uh, in fact, you know, both of them were so frightened by the story that they wanted to go to bed with me. <laughs> they wanted me to protect them. Can have, have you ever? <laughs> Unless that was a pretense, but I can't imagine for what. That's a wonderful pickup line. I've never even thought to, to use that one. I'm frightened, hold can, me. Yes, can we, can we please go to bed together? I'm scared of monsters. <laughs> I'm scared of a monster you just made up. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I was so flattered and I bought it. <laughs> now this this must have been tremendously exciting because it, it, it was difficult for a for a woman to uh, to receive such a claim at the time. What was that like for you to 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 see uh, to see the story embraced by so many people? Oh, it was very heady, very heady, and I, I, f- I so all of a sudden I found my friends to be so intolerable. My old friends. I loved my new friends. May but I ask? Uh, Who's worse than your old friends? Uh, indeed. Once you oh. become successful, mm. I mean, they're just the worst. Yes, indeed. They just persist in hanging about. They won't go away. That's right. Talk about benevolent parasite. Indeed. <laughs> Heavy on the parasite, light but on I, the benevolent. I was, I was very famous, and, and uh, you know, no women were famous in those days except for nefarious things like my mother. But so this was, yes, this was very thrilling. I had a, an audience with royalty and I was going to all the parties. And of course, they did want me to do stories based on them. 
As if I could so? just come extemporaneously come up with a story, like a customized story for them. Like people are saying, uh, put me in a story, like that sort yes, of thing? Yes, uh, almost like your karaoke. <laughs> absurd Exhausting. Ideas. Exhausting. It's, it's very presumptuous. It is, but you know I wanted so desperately to stay in that world that I accommodated most of them. Is that so? Oh, yes. You I think that there's a, a scary story about um, a lord, the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> yes. He was very persistent about having a story. So, yes, um, there were a lot of them that I did. It's a favor. So did you write a story about a sandwich? I did. A <laughs> deathly sandwich, a deadly man-eating sandwich. Every time it ate a human being, it grew larger. <laughs> it just became a bigger and bigger sandwich. Yes. Now, uh, for the benefit of our listeners and the studio audience here, can you reveal the contents of that sandwich? <laughs> Well, it was part food that we would consume and also food that had somehow adapted uh, to the human flesh that it had consumed. Oh, I see. So uh, an unsuspecting person could walk along and see this sandwich, think it's just, you know, oh, it's a sandwich, I should take a bite. <laughs> but are you eating it or is it eating you? Well, this is the eternal question about sandwiches, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I do think... One quick follow-up on the sandwich. Uh, what kind of bread? A pumpernickel. Of course. Yes. It's good brown bread. It's good for the fiber. Um, so with your success came, of course, money. Yes. It's very exciting, especially for a young person to have money. You have no idea yes. how to handle it. You, you've, you've certainly been given no skills by your own father. No. Uh, <laughs> so what was the... What were some of the purchases that you made? Can you think of a, what oh, was a fun thing that you I, bought for I yourself? I got a carriage. I got new horses. I got a new wardrobe. Uh, lots of uh, nice pastries. <laughs> of course. Uh, I do wish now that I had saved, though. Because I, later in life, I was experiencing the most beastly headaches. And I smelled toast all the time. Oh, dear. And I do wish I could have paid for a doctor to help me with that. Hmm. Or at least uh, bought a toaster. A what? So, a toaster. It's a sort of a contraption that makes its own toast. Shut up. I <laughs> I, I'll show you one later this evening. You're making that up. No, it's what I wish I had. It's like something out of one of my novels, isn't it? I would love to read your books. Oh, I thought maybe you would have gotten a chance to uh, to read one or two of them. Well, I, as I said, you know, I, the James Bond, and I'm sorry. No, I understand. No, I, I read your book. Um, <laughs> now, you, so you've seen... I have written more than no, that. No, I understand. Uh, but, uh, can anyone name any uh, of Mrs. Shelley's other books? That's unfair. I'm just, I'm just having you on. You did uh, invite me, you know. I did indeed. Far be it for me to be a rude host. I mean, now, um, I have written books. Oh, let's see. I have written books that are like, uh, they've made movies that are very similar in content. One about uh, uh, an apocalypse in society. And <laughs> another one about uh, romantic themes of incest and suicide. It seems that one would have been more popular. It's yes. not everything people enjoy. Yes. The, the other one, the apocalyptic science fiction novel was The Last Man. Well, that's a pretty good title. The last Don't you think? Man. Thank yes, you. Indeed. Thank you. And it was about the, the last man on Earth? It was um, the story, the future was ravaged by plague. Oh, dear. So he was lonely. He was terribly lonely. I think loneliness is so pervasive in my writing. Well, and people can relate to it. Uh, in everyone indeed. experiences... Uh, it's commercial. Yes, exactly. Loneliness is very commercial, and so was romantic themes of incest and suicide. That's right. And I submitted it to my father for his approval, and he wouldn't give it back to me because he said it was disgusting. Wh now, which did you like writing about more, incest or suicide? Oh, that's so hard. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's apples so and oranges, really. To, no, it don't make me choose. Um, I'm trying. Uh, now you've, you've you've seen the internet. I'm trying. What, what I'm trying to do, and forg forgive me for my rudeness for being distracted by this. No, um, I'm enjoying it. Well, it's <laughs> who wouldn't enjoy? Who wouldn't enjoy rudeness? Um, dead authors. Yeah. Who's dead? Oh, it's just no. Well, 
Who is dead? I hate to break it to you, but in, 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 you, you don't survive all the way to 21st century America, I'm afraid. Uh, you oh, do yes, I should have figured that out. Yes, you do, you do eventually die. Um, but, uh, but No matter yeah. how hard I beg you to tell me how I died, do not tell me. I, well, I, I never tell. Mm-mm. I never tell. Do you want a little hint? Yes. It's, it's painless. Oh, it's painless. Yes, marvelous. right. What more could you ask for? Uh, now, I, I, you normally what we do is we cull some questions from the, the social networking platform known as Twitter. This is where people write in short bursts, just little messages. That sounds obscene. It, it is, <laughs> for the most part. It's a terrible idea. Twitter. And it's only getting worse. Oh. But at least they gave it a terrible name, so that when heads of state have to refer to it, they sound like buffoons. Excellent. So now, usually what we do is we, we call these questions in advance, uh, but I thought tonight, well, we've got, we've got a connection to the internet here in the theater. Why not try to get the questions live? And we've gotten a total of two questions. <laughs> so I don't know if people... I guess they've learned everything there is to learn about <laughs> Frankenstein, what with movies like Blackenstein <laughs> and Frankenhooker. Something tells me these are not the 42 Frankenstein movies to see before you die. I have a feeling these are the 42 Frankenstein movies. I think so, Full too. stop. I can't imagine there's any more themes to be called. Did you see, uh, did you see Frankenhooker? I did. I think it's about a hooker made up of dead people. It could be. I would encourage you there in the audience. We do have three questions. Three questions now. Uh, if you in the audience have your, your mobile devices, if you would like to tweet a question up here, feel free. This is your chance to do something horribly rude, which is to whip out your phone in a theater while a show is in progress and just tweet away. So if you've got a question, it's at DeadAuthorPod is our Twitter handle. Um, so feel free. But in the meantime, let me ask you these three questions. Shoot. And see if that, if that uh, kills enough time in order for people to get a question out. So far, I do not see the, uh, the eerie glow shining in anyone's... Oh, there's someone back there. Oh, this is exciting. Here we go. Um, we've had a lot of sexy monsters lately. Vampires, werewolves, mummies. Could Frankenstein's monster be the next sex symbol? I feel like oh, you might absolutely. feel that it could absolutely. I don't be. see how you could not link those two things together. Something that could potentially kill you and sex. Exactly. Have you seen any of these, uh, the, the Twilight series of, uh, the, the series of books that have become a, a series of movies as well? Is that the one that glorifies um, preteen fantasies and, uh, and links it with werewolves and vampires? Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, I've seen those. Yes, I, I, how did you enjoy them or disenjoy them, as the case may be? Well, you know, I did like the innovation of having them being able to tolerate sunlight, but it was just that they were all crystalline. Yes, that was fascinating. Some people, uh, there's, there's sort of your classic vampire fans, and uh, and uh, oh, I am Team Edward. <laughs> That, that wraps up my next question. All right. <laughs> what do you think of the Hollywood-fueled misunderstandings forward slash misconceptions about the Frankenstein story and monster? Now, do you feel that, uh, uh, if I may expand on this uh, anonymous person... Yeah, do uh, translate, because yeah. I, I don't know what they mean by feud. Well, um... I guess the, the the movies, the motion pictures that have uh, adapted your story, they've added things like the bolts on the neck. Yes. They've added uh, characters like Abbott or Costello. Um, Marvelous. Do, do oh, so you feel like take it and run with it. Absolutely. Do it's a tribute. Like. It's a tribute. It's marvellous. I would like to see a stage play of it. That would be quite something. I, I think would. they've made some attempts to do that. I don't, know, I, I don't know if there's been a musical. Does anyone know if there's been a musical Frankenstein? What's that? I thought there was one in there was one in London. D- that sounds familiar. D- Danny Boyle. Not a musical, but a stage play. Oh, starring that uh, the chap off uh, the Sherlock reboot. Yeah, Benedict. Here, here's a name for you. <laughs> Tell me if you ever could have come up with this in a million years. Benedict Cumberbatch. That's a fellow's name. Well, it's so British. It's too, it's too British. Yes, it is. And I say this as a British person. <laughs> Dial it back a few <laughs> notches, Benedict Cumberbatch. How about Ben Cumberbatch for a start? 
And then a dramatic reveal years later. Yes. I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> ben Batch. How is that? Ben Benny Batch. Batch. Benny oh, Batch. Benny Batch. Oh, it's like <laughs> something out of a, a lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Oh, I saw that too. Uh, did you Did you see that? Ripping. Rip. I loved it. Did you really? Oh, God, yes. Do you, like, do you like violence in film? I do. I do love violence in films. They're just so... Well, titillating, obviously, but it, it also, you get to see people in so much more trouble than you could possibly ever be in in your life. <laughs> oh, that's true, isn't it? Yes. Yes, you get to, that's one of the wonderful things about writing. You get to a certain point where the only trouble you're really going to experience is uh, drinking away all of your money. Mm. <laughs> yes. I came close. You might come close again. Um... Has Mrs. Shelley had a chance to view the Mel Brooks film Young Frankenstein? Now this is interesting. This was a this was a comedic retelling. I of the loved it. Oh, you did! I absolutely loved it's it. It's quite fun, isn't it? It was, but you know what was interesting about it was that it had a tinge of Jewishness, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> baffling. This is taking an unexpected turn. <laughs> Well, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the writer and director of the film was a, is a Jewish uh, fellow. He's still, oh, I'm still thrilled alive, the so. Jews like my work. <laughs> thrilled. I wonder, I wonder if because of the name Frankenstein, if they yes, may have felt some kinship. Exactly. Was that, was that intentional? Well, I was trying for mass appeal. <laughs> I was. Certainly. Um, let me see if there's any non-Jew... Oh, do you... Miss Ms. Shelley, oh, very modern... Do you prefer snuff or laudanum, and why? Well, what do you think? Obviously, laudanum. <laughs> My God! Uh, snuff, really, I don't even understand the principle of snuff. Where did that come from? It's just the, I think it was all about the boxes, really. I think it was. I a, do think they were so decorative. Yes, it was about selling accessories. Mm -hmm. know, that's where they get you. Yes, the ritual of it all. But of course, laudanum has its own ritual, too. Yes, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, your contemporary critics claim that you became quite the sellout after Frankenstein. Can you comment on this? That's a bit of a rude question, but that's the internet for you. Sellout? Oh, I suppose that's true. I mean, you know, ultimately it is a living writing. Yes, it is. We do do it in order to sell books and get money and live in a way that we want. And that's correct. Ways that we would even like to fantasize about and put down in a book. And it's, it's also uh, sell out by, uh, by those standards as opposed to today's standards. I mean, you, you're a creator of stories. You're making stories. I don't see what the, uh, what the selling... I, I, would, I would say that these are probably jealous people. It's yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would like to see them sit down and write with a quill for hours on end. <laughs> if they call that selling out, then I'm a mummy. Would you consider writing a, a book about teenage witches called the Wollstone Craft? That's a play on your mother's oh, name. How marvelous! Well, I uh, mean, someone it enjoyed it. <laughs> we do so want to get away from the notion that my mother was a witch, because it was, again, it was that whole repressive thing. Well, like, why yes. not characterize her as a witch? Yes, a supernatural being that could cause havoc. No. She just wanted to be able to go anywhere and do anything like anybody else. That's right. Well, I hope she enjoyed it while she could. <laughs> yes, well. And she didn't live to see 21st century America. Do you get tired of having your husband's name tied to your own, and which of his poems is your favorite? Well, no, I don't, because he was quite famous, but I hate poetry. It's the it's terrible. I hate it. Now, I am on the record as, as agreeing with A you. A crashing ball. It's the most embarrassing art form. And talk about dickless. Oh, yes, absolutely. So dickless. Yes. Oh, no, I detest poetry, and I never had the heart to tell Percy. Well, how would you say it? How would you even frame it? I can't begin to imagine. It, well, be, well, I'm going to ask you to begin to imagine it. Let's do a little bit of role-playing. I'll play the part of Percy. All right. And you tell me what you've always wanted to say is that you detest poetry, and it simply is the worst thing you can think of. My darling, uh, this latest... Yes, hold on one moment. I'm just having some more delicious snuff. Uh, <laughs> oh, that buzz like ought to last me another 30 <laughs> seconds. No, no, thank you, darling. 
Um, what is it you want to tell me? I'm late for a, a new wrestling session with uh, Lord Byron. Oh, all right. Well, you did give me those pages to go over, and I've done it, and I... Well, oh, yes, what do, you th- what do you think of my life's work, my poetry? Oh, uh, well, I... I did love the colour of the paper. Oh, thank you. And That's the ink, w- and your penmanship was marvellous. Oh, well, thank you. Marvelous. I've been working on it, practising. And it was uh, certainly uh, a lot of words. Yes. Darling, I do feel that you're skirting the issue. Well, my dear, frankly, I don't have the finest, faintest idea what any of what you wrote meant. Why? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But, you know, uh, things about the babbling brooks and the flowers and trees it's and birds. the best I, I just, I want to kill myself. Oh, my. Oh. Where is that divan? I'm sorry. I feel a faint coming on. Oh, for God's sake, man up! (laughs) That's about how it would go, right? Yes, it would. Many say Lador and Faulkner are your more conservative novels. What do you think of conservatives in the USA? Well, this is certainly something we've touched upon this evening. The, the conservative movement here in the uh, in the United States is uh, is becoming ever more conservative. As, oh uh, yes, a, a, as we look at our watches, I believe. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what by the time this program is concluded, I don't quite know where we'll be <laughs> and what they will think and what they'll want to restrict next. But uh, what, do, what what is your opinion of that? Well, it's fascinating, and um, it reminds me of the Commedia dell'arte. You have uh, a very chubby man who gets redder and redder when somebody challenges his past. (laughs) Then you have a man that looks like he was carved out of a tree stump and seems ever so needy and trying to please everybody, and as a result, he's just you know, like hand here, foot there. I mean, it, it's just sad. And then you have a, a fellow who's utterly frightening. Uh, Centaurum? Yes. Oh. He sounds like something out of a horror novel. Doesn't he? he? Yes, that name. Doesn't he? Yes, he, uh, he just seems to think that um, his way is the high, or the highway. That is utterly, and in, in a, I mean, even our, our Tory and Whig parties, we never had such arrogance. No, I, I do believe that he, he would like to have the Constitution, if he were to become president, he'd like to have the Constitution amended to read, my way or the highway. Indeed, <laughs> I think so. Well, what's the Constitution? <laughs> I'm afraid we have uh, just time for one more question, and that is a question uh, from me. Um, is there anything, before I return you to your own time, is there anything that you'd like to see or do? Keep in mind, uh, the time machine can go anywhere, it can go any when. Is there, uh, y- the, the world's your oyster. Well, I would like to go to Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we're off. Ladies and gentlemen, big round of applause for Mary Shelley. My thanks to Mary Shelley for her time. And special thanks to Ms. Lorraine Newman for no particular reason. Join us again next time when our guests will be the Brothers Grimm. This podcast is produced by Mrs. Ben Zelovansky and Paul F. Tompkins, with special material written by Mr. Zelovansky. The producers wish to thank Cody Fisher, Marlene Maginot, Jim Yatto, Neil Campbell, Susan Hale, and everyone at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theatre Los Angeles, and Lauren Rock and Joel Arquios at 826LA. Our theme was composed and performed by Mr. Eben Schletter, Esquire. This program is recorded live and monthly at the UCB Theatre Los Angeles. If you'd like to attend a future recording, tickets may be acquired at ucbtheatre.com. The theatre donates all proceeds to 826LA. For updates on future performances, please like the Dead Authors page on Facebook. For additional updates, or to ask questions of our guests from the safety of your very own thumbs, follow us on Twitter, at DeadAuthorPod. The original Dead Authors reading series was created by Mr. John Corn. Until next time, this is H.G. Wells saying the show is over. <laughs>